All right, you hear the music? That means only one thing. The Grown Folk Podcast is on the air for the fall of 2015. Here's what you missed. This is she was in Princess Diamonds and Pearl video, Myla J. There was a scene where there were like a lot of different kids in the video. Because she's 32 years old. That video, that Diamonds and Pearls video was, that's some 20 years old. So she would have had to been. <laughs> so she would have had to been. So. I mean, Mayor Daley was the one that told Donald Trump when he was building Trump Tower here in Chicago, when they were initially going to build that building, it didn't have a spire on top of it. So Mayor Daley says, no, nah, I want you to put a spire on top of that building. <laughs> so that's why now if you come in and you see that building, it has this big spire on top of it. But initially it wasn't supposed to be there. But according to all the studies, crime has gone down. So you take that for what it's worth. But here in Chicago, across the city, 407 homicides were recorded in 2014. A 3% drop, only 3%, by the way, a 3% drop from nearly the same period last year when there were 419. So basically, so based on that number, that's not really saying much because that number could have easily been 419. I mean, you're only talking about, what, 10, 11 people that the number was beat by. And then further down you go, it says Chicago's final homicide tally could climb if some of the department's pending death investigations are reclassified as slains later this year. So And so that number still could go up. And I'm kind of skipping through the article. When asked Monday about the rise in shooting incidents, police superintendent Gary McCarthy said the 2014 total was still the second lowest shooting number on record. And also pointed to the city's overall drop in crime. So basically what this means is, well, we're not as bad as we've been. But the problem with that logic is that's true, but the drop isn't that significant. So, like, I would buy that statement if there was, like, a, a 30 to 40 to 50 percent drop in crime. Well, you're not dying from getting shot, but who wants to get shot? You know what I mean? So I don't know that this story is anything to get really all that excited about. But now we're moving to a place where, where people are going to struggle to get educated because they can't afford to pay for college. And why is college so expensive anyway? Does anybody out there know the answer to that? I mean, the, the conventional wisdom has always been you go to school, you go to college, you come out of college, you get a good job, and then you contribute to society. You contribute to the economy. You go out and you buy things like cars, houses. You take care of your family. But according to the survey, people are struggling to do that. And I came across this article that was more so related to Chicago. And I saw the headline and I was just kind of blown away by the headline. Now, this article is on a website called The Daily News, and it looks like it's based out of New York. And when I see things like this, it's just incredible to me the way people twist things. And I don't know what they do because they have some kind of agenda or if they're just trying to get web hits. I don't really know what's behind it. But this article goes in big, bold letters. Sparks fly when Chicago gangs battle in the street using Roman candles as weapons. Now... Anybody that lives in Chicago or spent any time in Chicago knows there's one thing Chicago gangs don't do, and that's shoot each other with Roman candles. They get guns and they start shooting. We will have so much winning if I get elected that you may get bored with winning. Just bees and things and flowers. Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to the 19th episode of the Grown Folk Podcast. 19 episodes. Yes, we are here again. 
And right on cue, as soon as we start, the mic starts acting up. So that's always to be expected when we come up here to do this podcast. So this ought to be fun right out the gate. But, you know, we always have problems with this stuff. But anyway, I am E, the music man. And on the other side of the room, we have the silent DJ who will remain silent for this podcast. His job is to play the music. And that's what he's going to do. And he also assists me with the technical things like helping me work this equipment, which always tends to go bad on me. So he doesn't have time to talk anyway. Now, this is the Grown Folk Podcast. What we do in the show is we play music, talk music, talk things in general. We play throwbacks. We throw some new ones in. We play some old ones. We play in-between, R&B, hip-hop. And every now and then, maybe a rock tune we'll throw in. Maybe some heavy metal or something like that. You know what's funny? I've been on this silent. I've been on this really crazy '80s kick for the past maybe two or three months for some reason. I mean, for I mean stuff like Soft Cell and Human League, Duran Duran, Yes, Naked Eyes, Huey Lewis in the News, like all that stuff, man. I just really been in on like this crazy, crazy '80s kick. Pat Benatar. So I don't know. Like for the past two or three months, it's just been nothing but '80s, and I don't know why, but. But that's what we do on the show. We play music. Now, you can find the show on Podomatic.com, the Grown Folk Podcast on Podomatic.com, or you can download the entire show off Podomatic. And we're also on Mixcloud, the Grown Folk Podcast on Mixcloud. And you can find every episode on Mixcloud except for episode two and episode four. And the reason why we don't have episode two posted because the audio in episode two just sounded awful. So we wound up having to pull that one. Four wasn't posted. That was just an oversight. But now I saw Silent giving this odd look when I made the Roy Ayers reference. When I started talking, just bees and things and flowers. For some reason, that song has been in my head. I wound up listening to it a couple of nights ago and I just couldn't get it out of my head. And I've heard the song. It's Roy Ayers Sunshine. And for some reason, I just had the urge to hear that track. And I had just been kind of playing it and playing it and playing it. And I don't know a lot about Roy Ayer's music. I've heard a couple of songs, but I, I haven't heard like his full catalog of tracks. But that Sunshine record, for a record that's titled Sunshine, like that's a dark record, man. And I, <laughs> and I remember being a kid hearing that song and just how eerie that song sounded to me, man. I mean, it just sounded so dark. And the way they sing the lyrics, it's just kind of this, just bees and things and flowers. (laughs) You know, it just sounds so dark. I'm like, jeez. And I was just... Yeah, man, I mean, listen to that. Man, I would have loved to have been in the studio with them when they were making this track. I really, because I want to know what was going, like, like, how do you come up with something like this? Sunshine. 
the other track I remember from him is Searching. And that was the same track that was sampled a while ago. And I can't remember the guys that sampled it. It was a rap track. And I think the title was Be a Father to Your Child. And I don't remember who... I can't remember the rap group that sampled that. But that was a Roy Ayer sample also. So a lot of his music has been sampled. And how about the girls singing on the record? Just and things and flowers. Just and things Tyler, the creator, just did an interview not too long ago that I saw on YouTube where he said he had worked with Roy Ayers on his last album. Which I thought to myself, man, that's pretty incredible that a, a guy his age can go back and think about Roy Ayers of all people. Because I don't even know how many people we would have listening to this podcast who would even know or never even heard of Roy Ayers. And he's not one of the more common names. Like when you think of old school music, I don't know that you think about Roy Ayers right off the top of your head. You usually think Stevie Wonder or Earth, Wind and Fire or Luther Vandross or Patti LaBelle. You know what I mean? But I don't know that you think of, you know, Shaka Khan maybe. But I don't know that you think of Roy Ayers right off the top. And, of course, it was just in the movie Straight Outta Compton as well. So maybe that's why this song was in my head. I don't know, but... And I will tell you this, I'm looking at his discography, and he's got a lot of music, man. Starting from 1963, going all the way up to about 2006. And I'm kind of scanning through, and I was just talking about how dark that song was, but this line here I'm looking at on Wikipedia where it says, Ayers is known for helping to popularize feel-good music in the 1970s, stating that, I like that happy feeling all of the time. So that ingredient is still there. I try to generate that because it's the natural way I am. So, and I'm sitting here talking about how dark this track sounds, and here he is talking about, well, all he likes is happy music. So, <laughs> And this is what I was just talking about a few seconds ago. In 2015, he appeared on Tyler, the Creator's new album, Cherry Bomb, on the track Find Your Wings. And he was talking about Tyler, the Creator. He was talking about how much he loved Roy Ayer's sound and like his, like his chords. Which again is odd that you got a 20 some year old knows about Roy Ayers is really, that's pretty incredible. I got to go back, man, and, and, and really find some good Roy Ayers music and really kind of explore his sound a little bit more. And I don't even know how I got off into Roy Ayers, you know, but anyway, but we got to move on. Which, by the way, speaking of Roy Ayers in old school, I talked a while ago on this podcast about having the iHeart app on my phone. A while ago, I was randomly looking through different stations, and I came across a station that I just really that I just really fallen in love with. The big urban AC station here in Chicago is V103, and I think their slogan is the best variety of R&B and old school or something along those lines. And it's one of those stations that plays they play R&B, they play new R&B and a lot of old school, like a Roy Ayers or Patti LaBelle or something along those lines, Stevie Wonder, and even some of the newer stuff now, like. Like uh, Tyrese and Trey Songs, these guys are kind of falling into that urban AC category as well. Jill Scott is another one. 
whenever I want to just cut the radio on and listen to some music, for some reason or another, they're either always going right into commercial or they're in the middle of commercial or they're doing some kind of special dance mix. There's always something going on other than what I want to hear. Now, they're a good station and when they're on point, they're really good. But the problem for me that I seem to have is, like I said, whenever I cut them on, I can never seem to just get music and that's it. So I kind of got frustrated and I started kind of going through my iHeart app looking for stations that are kind of similar to V103. And I came across a station called WDAS and they're broadcasting out of Philadelphia. And I got to tell you, man, I've fallen in love with this station. And it's urban adult contemporary. They play the same kind of music that V103 plays, but I don't hear a lot of the extra stuff. It's just like you cut it on and it's just like straight music. And I don't even hear a lot of commercials. I mean, and they play commercials, but I don't seem to hear as many as I hear on V103. There was one time I cut V103 on in the car and the DJ was talking and they're going to go into commercial. And they played, and, and I kid you not, they played about a good five minutes worth of commercials. You know, Because I'm sitting in the car like waiting and waiting for the next track. And I realized about almost about five minutes went past and they hadn't played one song. And by the time they actually did start playing music, well, I had gotten out of the car. So, I mean, because I wasn't going very far. So it was kind of like, I always seem to have that experience whenever I go to them. But whenever I cut on WDAS, very rarely do I cut them on and I'm hearing a lot of commercials. But it doesn't seem to be as many. They did this thing not too long ago, and I don't know if they do it on a regular basis called Throwback Thursday, where they just played nothing but 70s and 80s, like Loose Ends and Shaka Khan and... Uh, Stephanie Mills. I mean, like they, they, they were playing some really good stuff. DeBarge. Anybody out there that's in an urban AC and you have iHeart and you've not found this station, give them a listen because um, I, I like them. I mean, and maybe it's just me, but I, I enjoy listening to them. Which, by the way, that term, Throwback Thursday, I don't know who came up with that term, but I seem to all of a sudden be hearing it. I don't know, like maybe about a couple years ago, I saw it as a hashtag on Twitter. And that was the only place that I had heard or seen that term. Now, all of a sudden, I hear it everywhere. Anytime Thursday comes up, I see it and hear it on TV. I was just talking about WDAS doing Throwback Thursdays. So Thursday has now officially become Throwback Thursday. And I honestly don't know where that term came from. I mean, has it always been around? I don't know. Well, and then, see, that's what I was saying. It seems like I just heard it like within the past couple of years, initially just on Twitter. I was watching Thursday Night Football. They're talking about Throwback Thursday, and they started showing like old football clips. You know, I'm like, what is this term? When did this term become so mainstream? And if you believe with this site, this is from a site called redcold.net. Matt Hatfield thought there can be an opportunity to do something similar to tech blogs like Gizmodo, but with sneakers. Moving the conversation between avid sneakerheads out of online forums into a venue with frequent posts. He called it NiceKicks.com. He liked how some blogs had regular weekly features. So around July 2006, he came up with a few of his own. Release reminder would be about when new shoes were going to drop. Throwback Thursday would be about an old shoe he liked to break up the focus on all things new. And naturally, it would come out on Thursdays. Little did Hatfield know that Throwback Thursdays would turn into such a huge phenomenon. The hashtag TBT has been used, get this, 193 million times on Instagram. And the hashtag Throwback Thursday, 38 million times. So this guy 
just sitting around writing a blog came up with this term. If you believe what this says, just sitting around and he just came up with this term throwback Thursday, not knowing that it was going to just spread into popular culture because it is like the term is everywhere now. And like I said, I never remember hearing a term 20 years ago. You know, nobody ever said throwback Thursdays in the 90s. You know what I mean? So now I don't know how it came from his site and start finding this way into popular culture. It's not clear that Halfhill was the first person to ever combine the words throwback and Thursday. Though he's cited as the earliest relevant mention in the Throwback Thursday entry on knowyourmemes.com. Okay, so the oldest tweet with the hashtag Throwback Thursday came in October 2008 from a Southern California woman on Twitter, S. Pink, who was waxing nostalgic about a 1997 music video by Lil' Kim. An article continues to go on, but that's kind of a general idea of where the term Throwback Thursday came from. That's if you believe the site Red Code. Speaking of Throwback Thursday, we're going to get into some of our own throwbacks. That was a pretty good transition, by the way. But we're going to get into some of our own throwbacks. We're going to have a few things that we're going to go over in this podcast. You know, we always get into random topics. And as always, in Chicago, we always had to talk about this violence that seems to keep going on. I was blown away by the number of people that have gotten shot in this city just this year alone, and the year's not even over with. So we're going to get into that a little bit later on in the podcast and some random stories as well. So with all that being said, let's move on to the first song, The Weeknd. Tell your friends about it and tell them about the Grown Folk Podcast while you're at it. The same I am too reckless I'm not trying to go in that direction These niggas they've been doing too much flexing And they about to call the wrong attention And I don't got no patience, no more testing I do shit how I want, don't need no blessing XO niggas ain't nothing to mess with Nobody's stopping us or won't be destined And everybody around you is so basic I'm never rocking white, I'm like a racist I don't drink my liquor with a chasing That money is the only thing I'm chasing And some dope dimes on some coke lines Give me head all night, come four times Baby girl just wanna smoke a pound Do an ounce, get some dick, tell the friends about it Go tell your friends about it About it Go tell your friends about it About it I'm that nigga with the hair singing about popping pills, fucking bitches, living life so true. Last year I did all the politic. This year I'ma focus on the vision. I think these hoes deserve another fixing. Talking about the ones on the beginning. Don't believe the rumors, bitch, I'm still a user I'm still rocking camo, I'm still rolling shooters I'm a villain in my city, I just made another killing I'ma spend it all on bitches And everybody fucking, everybody fucking Pussy on the house, everybody fucking 
thinking Man, I miss my city, man, it's been a minute Am I, yeah, yeah, habit, Cali was a mission Cruise through the West End in my new bands I'm just trying to live life through a new thing Driving by the streets I used to walk through When I had no crib, I guess you thought I should have been Go tell your friends about it Go tell your friends about it About it Take a selfie at my grandma's funeral Used to roam on Queen, now I sing Queen Street Anthems Used to hate attention, now I pull up in that wagon And I was broken, I was broken, I was so broke I used to roam around the town when I was homeless Me and Lamar would rob a nigga for his Jordans And flip it just to get these hoes another nose fix Now we get faded when we want, girl, we got choices Lay them on the fucking table, we got choices And if they wanna fuck my niggas, they got choices They told me not to fall in love, that shit is pointless that shit is pointless. They told me not to fall in love. That shit is pointless. Yeah, that shit is pointless. They told me not to fall in love. That shit is pointless. D'où il vient, enfin je saurai où je vais Maman dit que lorsqu'on cherche bien On finit toujours par trouver Elle dit qu'il n'est jamais très loin Qu'il part très souvent travailler Maman dit travailler c'est bien Bien mieux qu'être mal accompagné Pas vrai Où est ton papa Dis-moi où est ton papa Sans même devoir lui parler Il sait ce qui ne va pas Un sacré papa Dis-moi où es-tu caché Ça doit Faire au moins mille fois que j'ai compté mes doigts. Hey. Où t'es, papa, où t'es Où 
Ça doit faire au moins mille fois que j'ai compté mes doigts hey, Où est ton papa Dis-moi où est ton papa Sans même devoir lui parler Il sait ce qui ne va pas Ah sacré papa Dis-moi où es-tu caché Ça doit faire au moins mille fois que j'ai compté mes doigts hey, Où t'es papa Où t'es Où t'es papa Où t'es Où t'es papa Où t'es Où t'es où Cause you let him 
fucking girl, I guess he didn't know any better Girl, that man didn't show any ever. Do all I can just to show you you're special Certain it's your love that holds me together Lately you say he been killing the vibe Gotta be sick of this guy Pull up skirt, get in the right Left hand is steering, the other is gripping your thigh Light up a spliff and get high Shout it, you deserve what you been missing Looking at you, I'm thinking he must be tripping Play this song for him, girl, I'm just listening I'm a gangster, and I'm about to get stupid 
I guess it's time for the trauma With the E-H-G-Y-E comma and that's drama So pay attention by the way I must mention I'm coming off hard in the third dimension with the glare But you don't need no glasses to stare Just pop your tape in and it's just like you're there With the E on the gangster tip So if you think I'm a flip or slip, don't even trip Cause I'm a destroyer My homie Dre is a doctor, not a lawyer Dope MC employer on Ruthless and that's my label We get the money, the women and cold buster fat cables, boy Master Rhyme is a toy I made you steak while you're sucking with the girls enjoy You must be sick or you're lonely How you gonna diss me you don't even know me? Yo, Red, what's up? Get the cat, show them where it's at And that's just the sound Next time I'm pulling your cap to let you know where I'm coming from Easy said it and it shall be done Creating dope jams is a part of the cycle Easier said than done, yeah that's the title Loving the ladies only the fly ones you know But what if she's ugly? Easy come, easy go Don't ask about me homeboy, what's that? You wanna battle me, boy, you better be strapped Cause where I'm from, it ain't about all that plan Now that's what I'm saying Said before that I was born in 73 Now everybody wants to know the A-G-E Girls on the tip, fellas too, it seemed Had everybody thinking I was only 15 The fellas were annoying me, the ladies were enjoying me What was I to do? I wish I'd let the ladies through Cause the ladies, I love them, nice, tender, and soft I hate male groupies, so just step the hell off I'm the real easy, those others be faking Trying to gain fame off the name I'm making Saying on your records you could get some Yo, homeboy, it's easier said than done Yes, easy E. Oven W.A. <laughs> that was easier said than done. We also heard Don't by Bryson Tiller. I had the TV on Revolt and I dozed off and I was half sleeping. They started playing his video, the Bryson Tiller video. And I kept hearing a song in my sleep and it woke me up. And I said, man, that doesn't sound half bad. That's how I came across that song and came across that artist. And that song is from his debut album, Trap Soul which is out now, by the way, on iTunes. If you go to Wikipedia, Tiller started receiving massive internet attention from music industry insiders with his breakout single, Don't, which we just played, which he originally released on his SoundCloud page, having accumulated over 35 million streams. Early co-signs from producer Timbaland and Canadian rapper singer Drake led to multiple major label deals. And if you listen to that song, it sounds like it could have been a Drake record almost. As a matter of fact, that's what it put me in the mind of when I heard it. So it's no surprise that Drake co-signed it. So we'll keep a watch out for him and see where his career goes. But he's new on the scene, so. We played an artist by the name of Strame now, and that was Papalute. Now, I'm only basing that pronunciation on how it was said in the song, because I don't speak French, so I don't know. But the proper spelling, P-A-P-A-O-U-T-A-I. And his name is spelled S-T-R-O-M-A-E, if you want to go look for him. Yeah, I just found his music probably about, it's been about a year ago now. Um, 
He's real big overseas. I mean, he like sells out arenas overseas. He sells millions of records. And even if you go to like his YouTube page and see his videos, most of his videos has over a million views, upwards of two or three million views. So the guy is huge, but overseas. That's the video that I first saw from him. And they played it quite a bit on Revolt, Revolt TV. And the videos are actually pretty creative video. And most of his videos are actually pretty creative. This video has 291 million views, by the way. The Papa video is what I'll call it. And he just dropped a new video last month, Quance. Again, it's in French, and I don't know, obviously, I don't know anything about French language, but, and get this, his Vivo, this video has 13 million views. 13 million views. That's how popular this guy is. And I don't know if they're playing any of his music on mainstream radio, pop radio, here in the States, because I don't listen to the radio enough to know. I mean, if I was to make a guess, I would say they're probably not, unless it's like some kind of dance mix, maybe they'll throw his music in. But in terms of getting regular rotation on the radio stations, I would just make a guess and say that they're not doing that. I couldn't name you five songs that are being played on pop radio because I just don't listen. But based on some of these YouTube comments I read, I would come across random comments that would say that people in America just don't know who he is and I'm trying to tell my friends about him and they don't want to listen and this, that, and the other. So, and he even posted this video of himself sitting in the middle of Times Square and he's playing his music and doing his routine and people are just kind of walking past. He's even, he even jumped on the uh, subway and he's doing his whole routine and people are just kind of looking at him like, who's this weird guy? So I'm saying all that to say that I don't know how big he is, but I found his music, uh, I found his music on Revolt. If you haven't seen him, check him out. If you're in, especially if you're into dance music or if you're just looking for something different, check him out. He's pretty good. Back to this Easy E track. Our last podcast came out probably right around the same time that movie came out, about mid August. And the thing about it, and I was talking to some friends, and Silent was one of them. There was a group of us, and we were talking about this movie. We're getting to the point now that we're getting <laughs> old enough where they're making movies about. Well, they're making biopics of stuff that we lived through. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, because we lived through that whole N.W.A. thing. I remember when that Niggas for Life album came out. And this is no exaggeration. Maybe every three cars or every other car, every three cars. That would go by bumping music. They would be bumping that album. That album was huge when it came out and everybody was playing it. But I'm saying that to say that we lived through that whole time. And, you know, and it's so funny, like I said, we lived through it, but we didn't think that anybody would make a movie about that stuff. I mean, it was just stuff, you know what I mean? But to, to take a to take that and to make a, a movie that is about a group that really only of a, really only seemed like a few of us were listening to because they weren't getting a lot of mainstream play, at least not initially. And a lot of people didn't want to touch their music with a 10 foot pole. But now here comes this movie coming out and everybody's going to see it. I mean, it's the number it was the number one movie in the country about a group that really that so many people were against back in the day but now they're going to see their story and uh but i was just blown away by the movie you know something else that i was surprised about and and i don't know silent i don't know if you paid attention to this or not they focused on ice cube they focused on dr dre obviously they focused on easy but it seems like they kind of glossed over mc rim like he was just some kind of tag along guy <laughs> he was one of the better mcs in nwa him and ice cube well, and I guess it's a matter of opinion, too. But we used to always have debates about who we thought was the best one. A lot of people back in the day, if it wasn't Ice Cube, it was MC Ren. They, for some reason, seemed to just kind of gloss over his involvement in N.W.A. 
And I couldn't figure that out. They even gave DJ Yella a lot of props. And even when, when I when I remember when NWA was hot, nobody thought about DJ Yella back in the day. Like we weren't sitting around talking about DJ Yella. We were talking about Easy E, MC Ren, Ice Cube, and Dr. Dre. Like you would think, MC Ren. I haven't even seen an interview from MC Ren since this movie's come out. And granted, he hasn't had a lot of solo success compared to what Ice Cube and Dre have had, even Easy E up until his his death. And MC Ren just kind of went off quietly into the sunset, it seems. And he's done some solo projects, but they just didn't have any kind of... They just didn't have a whole lot of buzz around it. And I don't even know what his take is about the movie. Maybe there's something floating around out there, but I haven't heard it. We've often talked on this podcast before about some of these articles with these kind of sensationalist headlines or headlines that are misleading... And I also saw this article on Yahoo. Now, as I said, this article was on Yahoo and it came out September 2nd, 2015. Man doused with acid after screening of NWA movies straight out of Compton. Now, when I first saw that title, I'm like, wow, because there were these stories going around when, when that movie came out that some movie theaters were up in their security because I guess they were concerned about some nonsense going on. That, so that was the first thing that came to mind when I saw this title. And also the second thing that came to mind is like, who gets like who gets acid thrown on them? And where do you get acid from? When I saw the title, you know. But then when I read the article, a man was horrifically doused with acid outside a cinema after a screening of NWA movies straight out of Compton. The 27-year-old was leaving Cineworld Complex in Crawley, West Sussex. So when I saw that, I said, OK, well, that's why it said acid. So maybe that's something that goes on over there, because here. Usually you just get shot or you might get stabbed or beat up, but you very I mean, I can't remember ever hearing anybody get acid thrown on them. But that's the kind of stuff you see in the movies. But back to this article, the 27 year old was leaving the Cineworld complex in the early hours of Sunday when the sickening attack took place. Police said the incident took place after the movie which centers on hip-hop group N.W.A. has ended. It was nasty and unprovoked, they added. The victim from Red Hill in Surrey was rushed to the hospital with potential life-changing injuries to his face and head. Well, no kidding. I mean, anybody throws acid on you. The suspects are said to be white men in the late 20s. One had short dark hair and a beard and carried a bag across his shoulder blah 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 so what i couldn't figure out about this article see the first thing when i saw this title i'm thinking that this was something that occurred while they were in the movie theater watching this movie but according to this article it just said the incident happened after the movie ended so when you read this article there was really no tie-in with the nwa movie other than it happened at the same place they showed the movie but I, I like I, I didn't get the tie in. I'm waiting to hear something like I'm thinking maybe a fight broke out inside the movie while the movie was going or whatever. And I'm thinking it was a brawl in the movie theater while they were watching straight out of Compton. Maybe they got into an argument about who was the best MC or something like that. Or somebody was getting too turned up in the movie or something or the other. And, and like a like an argument ensued, something along those lines. And the end result was this guy getting acid thrown on him. So I'm assuming they put that in the title just to get clicks 
or web hits or whatever. And when I looked at some of the comments, now here's something interesting about these comments. When I first saw the story and it came out, what did I say? It came out in, in September, on September 2nd. When I first saw this story, there were about 235 comments when I first saw it. Then it came back maybe a couple of days later to look at the story. And then it had jumped up to like 500 comments. And now I'm looking now and they're at a grand total of 1,101 comments. So a lot of people <laughs> were really reading this article and commenting on it. And most of the comments were saying the same thing that I was thinking when I read the article. What did this have to do with the NWA movie? And a lot of people were saying that in some of these comments. And I also suspect there's more to this story than this little blurb on Yahoo, on Yahoo News. So again, I couldn't figure out the purpose of putting, attaching this story to the NWA straight out of Compton movie, other than, like they said, it was a screening there, but this incident had nothing to do with the movie at all. So why they chose to throw that in there, I don't know. But again, I guess it's just to click to get people to read because like I saw the title and I looked at it. So and not only me, a thousand other people commented on it and no telling how many other people read it that didn't comment. So they were successful in pulling that one off. But let's move on to the next song. 702 Stilo. I am 
stop that. Poppy got a brand new bag, for real. I take and kill O'Neal like Shaq, Shaq. Ask Michael Jackson who's bad. He says I am, but the queen not bad. I'm bad enough to let my pants sag. I be in Vegas where it's 702 Just wasn't right. Oh, I know this part ain't pretty, on, but you on. know I'll be busy. That's why I can't talk long on the phone. Uh, on the so honey, if you with me, know yeah. yeah. I work for your pretty Everybody. face to smile I when need to I along. get home. Everybody say number one, baby girl, you with me? Smash it, that's a hit to me. Off the charts, look how she get to me. She might be nothing to you, but she. Me. Tell me how you love that Dash Number one can't put nothing above that You deserve a verse for me We gon' party it. like it's our anniversary Go, one. baby girl, you and me Smash it, that's a hit to me Off the charts, look how she get to me She might be Classic. nothing and you wish she did to me oh. oh, tell me how you love that Number one can't put nothing above that You deserve a verse from me We gon' party like it's our anniversary Yesterday I was half the man you see Maybe that's because you the other half of me You my number one hit on the line of the charts I'm a FedEx, my lover, how you sign for my heart From my number one eye, keep your dumb fly It fresh to death, you like after death I resurrected my gold, Jesus of Nazareth Now we fresh as a prince while they jazzy jet And you don't be saying when they asking questions 
and you be giving me my space. You don't be running on my space. You know some other I hate when they violate. But tonight, man, I ain't the mood for it. Don't matter who wore you wore. Look how you coordinated it, man. That's my favorite. I love the way that it fits on you. Yeah, baby girl, that's on you. Come on, the charts. Look how she get to me. She might be nothing to you, but she to me. Tell me how you love that. Number one, can't put nothing upon that. You deserve a verse from me. We gon' party like it's our anniversary. Number one. Come on, come on. Smash it. Come on, girl. Off the charts. Get a classic. Number one. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Hold your heart. And smash it. Come on. Number one, girl. Worlds, worlds, worlds famous. World, world, worlds famous. Worlds, worlds, worlds famous. Hey, world, world, worlds famous. Cold world. Oh yeah. Yeah, this is for all the fans that waited, the bitch niggas that hated, old hoes we dated. Look, mama, we made it. Your son out in Barbados, cheese, eggs, and potatoes. Smoking weed on the beaches, my mind working like Play-Dohs. Analyzing the world, fantasizing about girls. I'm handing diamonds and pearls and vandalizing her curls. Sweating the weave out, moans as she breathes out. Fuck, I'm doing in parties with Hova and Steve Stout. I'm stepped over piranha, death over designer. They killing niggas for J's, that's death over designer. Hey, cold heating up like that leftover lasagna. Remember when I used to be stressed over Dewana? Now a nigga only texts and gets stressed over Rihanna's. I'm talking tins and better hood bitches and tins and sweaters. And we always argue about the same. Yeah. 
Cole featuring Missy Elliott. Nobody's perfect. Pharrell featuring Kanye West, number one. And that song is from Pharrell's In My Mind album. That was his first solo album. Came out almost about 10 years ago. That was the album that also had Can I Have It Like That, the one that, the track that had uh, Gwen Stefani. And what else came off of that album? Uh, I think he had a track on there called Young Girl with uh, Jay-Z. Oh, you know, I know what was on there. Um, The track that had Snoop and Charlie Wilson. And I can't remember the title now. You know what song I'm talking about, right? Uh, that Girl, that was the name of it. It had uh, Snoop and Charlie Wilson on there. They even had a video for it. And the song I was thinking about with Jay-Z was called Young Girl, but I don't know if that was a single or not. That album was all right. It, it could have been better. I was a little disappointed by it. I mean, it wasn't bad, but I expected a little bit better. Like, I don't know what it is with these producers. They put out, like, some of the hottest tracks, but then when you find out they're going to put out a solo album, it just never really seems to be as good as you would think it would be, at least in my opinion, anyway. And maybe it's because they give all their good tracks to other artists and they take a gamble on the tracks that they don't give out, I guess. I don't know. We've talked about this before on the podcast. This Spike Lee movie, this Chirac, the trailers have finally come out for this movie and we're finally getting a visual look at what this movie's supposed to be about. Now, I've only seen the trailer once. It comes on and it's got these big, bold red letters. This is an emergency flashing so it, it immediately gets your attention well there are a lot of people up in arms about this movie after seeing this trailer most notably rhyme fest now a lot of you might remember rhyme fest he had a track a while ago with uh, kanye west called brand new and since then he's been pretty active in the city he even ran for office and i forget what it was it might have been alderman if I'm not mistaken, but I can't remember. It was a while ago, but I know he, he ran for office and he's been pretty active in Chicago, speaking out about violence and things of that nature. And he also does a lot of work with uh, Donda, which, as you guys know, is an organization that Kanye West started. Well, he's pretty up in arms about this movie as well. A lot of citizens in the city and a lot of people have been complaining. And since this trailer's come out, they felt like he was making light of the violence that goes on in this city which is a very serious issue. And we're going to get into that a little bit later on in the podcast about some of these shootings that have been going on, particularly within the past two to three months here in Chicago. And on the heels of that, here comes this movie and people are calling it a comedy. Now, Spike Lee's going around telling people that it's not a comedy, it's a satire. And he's kind of playing, and he's kind of playing this game with semantics and talking about the difference between comedy and satire. And he's been really adamant about that. But the thing about this story, it's not even an original story. It's a story taken from Greek mythology. And the lead character's name, and I always butcher this name, Lestrada. The satire puts a contemporary spin on a mythological Greek comedic tale of Lestrada. And I know I'm butchering that name. But the point is, it's not even an original story. It's not even, it's not even a story that has anything to really do with Chicago, basically. So why, so why he chose to come and film that here, I don't know. He could have filmed this anywhere in the country. He could have filmed this in New York. This is not a story that's exclusive to Chicago. So this is what's getting people up in arms because they feel like he's exploiting the violence here and you can put me in that category. And he didn't have to call it Chirac. So basically it comes across as he's exploiting the city and exploiting the violence in the city and he's using this name Chirac to help do it. And Ryan Fest is running around and I don't blame him. He's running around saying that Spike Lee owes the city an apology. And I'm kind of in that category as well because this movie really seems unnecessary to me. To one, call it Chirac. And then, and then here's the thing. If you're, gonna, 
if you're going to do a movie and call it Chirac, at least let it be an original story and let it have more of a serious take on what's going on in this city instead of doing a satire on Greek mythology on the heels of all these people getting shot here in this city. And we're going to talk about a couple of them coming up in this podcast. Well, more than a couple, a few of them. I mean, so, man, so what can you do?
hey yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. If you did it, admit it to stick with it. Don't say it ain't yours, cause all women are not whores. 90% represent a woman that is faithful. Ladies, can I hear it? When a girl gets pregnant, her man is gonna run around Dissing her for nine months when it's born, he wants to come around Talking at him, sorry for what I did And all of a sudden, he now wants to see his kid She had to bear it by herself and take care of it by herself And giving her some money for milk won't really help Half of the fathers with sons and daughters don't even want to take them But it's so easy for them to make them It's true, if it weren't for you, then the child wouldn't exist After a skis, there's responsibility, so don't resist Be a father to your child When a brother makes a child and then denies it Thinking that money is the answer so he buys it A whole bunch of gifts and a lot of presents It's not the presence, it's your presence and the essence of being there And showing the baby that you care Stop sitting like a chair and have your baby wondering where you are Or who you are Fool your eyes, daddy Don't act like you ain't Cause that really makes me mad, G To see a mother and a baby suffer I had enough of brothers who don't love the fact that a baby brings joy into your life You could still be called daddy if the mother's not your wife Don't be scared, be prepared, cause love is gonna get you It'll always be your child, even if she ain't with you So don't front on your child when it's your own Cause if you're front now, then you'll regret it when it's grown Be a father to your child Be a father to your child in his position and see what you've done but just keep in mind that you're somebody's son how would you like it if your father was a stranger and then tried to come into your life and tried to change the way your mother raised you now wouldn't that amaze you to be or not to be that is the question when you're wrong you're wrong it's hard to make a correction harassing the mother for being with another man but if the brother man can do it better than you can let him don't sweat him dude let him do the job that you couldn't do You're claiming you was there, but not when she needed you And now you wanna come around for a day or two It's never too late to correct your mistakes So get yourself together for your child's sake And be a father to your child
with the feelings right and the girls look tired. Cause there's nothing else to do, I'm just crazy, feel nine. Nothing else to do, I'm just crazy, feel nine. Sun is shining, there's a fly out Immature Lover's Groove featuring Shaheem. We wound up playing that. I don't know too much of Immature's music, obviously, but I always liked that track because it had the Earth, Wind, and Fire sample. Can't Hide Love. Like, that's one of my favorite Earth, Wind, and Fire songs. That's what made me like that track. And not to mention it had Shaheem on it. Rapper Shaheem. And some of you may or may not know, he got in a, he got in a bit of a hot water over a hit and run situation. On January 2014, Shaheem turned himself into the authorities facing charges for leaving the scene of an accident during a hit-and-run accident which left one person dead. Now get this, on August 21st, 2014, 
Shaheen was sentenced to 14 years in prison after he pled guilty to a second-degree manslaughter. He also received a concurrent term of seven years for a gun conviction and is subject to five years post-release supervision. Well, so that's how it went with Shaheen, but, but either way, that's one of the reasons why I always kind of like that track. Before Immature, we heard the track that I was talking about at the top of the podcast that had the Roy Ayer sample, which I didn't even know that we had that. Silent told me we had it in the hard drive, so he went on ahead and played it. And that was by Ed O.G. and the Bulldogs. Be a father to your child. And that was the one that had the Roy Ayers searching sample, which is about the only other track that I remember hearing from Roy Ayers. So that's what that was. And before Ed O.G., we heard Tony, Tony, Tony. For the love of you. I don't know how many of you guys remember that track. That was from their first album, Who, W-H-O. And that's one I don't hear being played on the radio too much, man. I love that track. It's a classic one by them. And before that, we had a double play by Tony, 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 which, by the way, I haven't heard that double play. We haven't used that in a while. Double play. We (laughs) We haven't used that one in a while. But the track before that was another one by the Tonys. House Party. I don't know what you come to do. And that was from the House Party 2 soundtrack. So that's where you can find that. And they've got a video for that track as well for anybody that might be interested. You can go to YouTube and check it out. Now, obviously, we live in an age of social media. And we've all been on it. We've all been to Twitter or YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Well, how many times have you read comments and they weren't all that flattering? Or they were just downright rude and disrespectful? You might have even been on the receiving end of some of these comments. Like if you went to Instagram and posted a photo of your kids or your family and you get somebody that leaves a negative comment like F you and your family or your family's ugly or please don't post any more pictures of your family. You know, things like that. Well, now people that do that are commonly referred to these days as trolls. Now, I don't know who comes up with these names, but that's what they're called. They're called Internet Trolls. Now, for the record, I do have an Instagram account, and for what purpose, I don't know, because I never use it. I'm not one of these people that pulls a cell phone out and snaps pictures or takes videos of every little thing I see during the course of a day. And I certainly don't post any pictures of my family and friends on Instagram, only because I'm from a different era, I guess, and normally if there's pictures I want people to see, I would just show it to them. And also, I'm of the mindset is who really gives a damn anyway? Now, if I was a celebrity, like, like take somebody like a Beyonce or Kanye West or Drake or Rihanna or any one of these people, they can post a picture of a tree with no captions and right out the gate, they'll get like 50,000 likes at least just because it's one of them. Like Johnny Walker, Red 46 might like a photo that Beyonce posts or Kanye West or something just in the hopes that maybe out of all these people that They'll notice me and or acknowledge me or something along those lines. So I'm saying I like to say that I'm on the mindset that nobody really gives a damn about a picture that I post or a picture that Silent posts or some Joe Blow average guy. I mean, unless it's like your circle of friends. But again, I'm of the mindset of there's a picture that I want you to see. I'll just show it to you when I see you. But I get that that's kind of where we are now in society where everything has to be posted and done through the Internet. And I get that. I'm saying all that to say that when you do things like that, you open up to these types of criticisms or you open up to being sought out by these internet trolls. Now, now for those that might not be familiar with that term, 
A troll is a person who shows discord on the internet by starting arguments or upsetting people. By posting inflammatory, extraneous, or off-topic messages in an online community. With the deliberate intent of provoking readers into an emotional response. Or otherwise disrupting normal, on-topic discussion. Now, one site that I frequent that is a haven for internet trolling. And Silent, I don't know if you ever paid attention to this or not. Uh, have you ever been to Bleacher Report? Okay, well, then you, you're right. So you know they're bad. Now, for those that don't know, Bleacher Report is a site that deals with sports. It deals with football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, anything dealing with sports. This site deals with breaking news and things like that. They're kind of like an ESPN. Now, I have the app on my phone. And a lot of times I'll get these alerts that'll come in about these different stories that happen throughout the sports community. And every now and then I'll go and read a story and then after finish reading the story, I'll glance at a few comments. Now this part where it says disrupting normal on-topic discussion, well, that's a normal thing on Bleacher Report. For example, here's a story on Bleacher Report about a basketball player that just got fined for throwing a seat cushion at a fan. Now that basketball player's name was Austin Rivers. Plays for the Los Angeles Clippers. Now you read the story and you go down... And there are about 81 comments. Okay, for example. Now, this comment is left by somebody named Jesse K. He got fined my year's salary for simply tossing a cushion. Now, that was his comment about the story. Then when you go down, then when you go down and you see there are some people that responded to him. So sorry that you only make $25,000 a year. Got another comment. So make a better job for yourself. It's because you're a poor bum in poverty. And then he's got like all these different emojis. And so I started wondering what leads people to do things like that. So normally when I have questions, the first thing I do is go to Google and try to see if I can find an answer. When I started looking, I had to kind of dig deep because there's really not a whole lot out there about internet trolling. And a lot of stuff that came up at first was more so directed towards businesses dealing with customers who troll, troll businesses' websites. There's a lot of stuff out there about that, but not a lot about random trolls, like the kind of stuff that I just read. But then I finally came across one article. Now, this article is on The Guardian. Now, for the record, I don't know much about the Guardian website. I've heard the name of time or two, but I don't know a lot about them. I don't know if they're trying to push an agenda or what their politics are or anything like that. And the reason why I said it, because we've often talked on this podcast about websites that have agendas. And when they post certain stories, they leave they leave certain facts out or they twist things to kind of fit whatever agenda they're trying to push. Although this subject is kind of a neutral topic, so there's really no agenda to be pushed. But still keep all that in mind when I read this article. What is turning so many young men into internet trolls? And it's a very extensive article, but I'm just going to kind of skip through to the more relevant parts. One motive for trolling, and perhaps one we're all familiar with, seems to be simple boredom. Too much free time after school, at work, or between jobs. These are individuals who are trolling to kill a few hours to entertain themselves and even impress others of a similar mindset. 
A second motive appears to be the need for attention, a craving that will accept any kind of attention, however positive or negative, as long as that person is at the center of it. Such individuals may not just post offensive messages, but also annoyingly implausible stories, grand claims, and obvious lies. They're not kidding, too. There was just this thing I saw on the internet where this girl was on Dr. Phil, which is a show that I've never watched, by the way. Well, I lied. I watched it one time when DMX was on there, which I still to this day don't understand why he went on there because he didn't, he didn't open up about anything. But that's besides the point. There is this episode of Dr. Phil that just aired and there was a young lady on there and she said that she just loves, she craves negative attention. So for her, social media is the place to go to get it. Like she loves negative attention. So she goes places just to comment or she'll post crazy things just so she can get negative attention. And I'm thinking to myself, man, are there really people out there like that? But, you know, it takes all kinds. So when they say that people are craving attention, so that's part of it. A third motive seems to involve a sense of disenfranchisement. In a climate when even graduates with good degrees are struggling to find jobs, and house price make getting on the property ladder an impossible dream for many, it's a little surprise that a selection of the population may consider themselves shortchanged. It would take a strong character not to feel a sense of injustice at the fact that a generation earlier, their exact counterparts were walking into secure, lifelong employment and able to buy nice homes. So I don't know. Do you buy that? Do you think there are a lot of people out here trolling because they can't afford to buy an expensive house? I don't know. That seems a little far-fetched, but basically what this means is that you have some people out here who are miserable, so they just want to make your lives miserable. I mean, and that's, that's kind of what I'm taking from that. And they got a lot of this stuff, and I'm going to go up a little bit and read this part of the article so you can understand where how they came to some of these conclusions. Trolls are not often in a rush to discuss their behavior with a stranger who might spill their darkest deeds to the world. This is hardly surprising. There are potentially serious consequences for being outed as a troll. The result, however, for anyone trying to analyze and understand trolling is that we are left to investigate the few cases that have come to court or divine motives and intentions from the data that trolls provide. So on review of both of these, what reasons suggest themselves? So that's kind of where they came to some of these conclusions, because what they're basically saying is that it's really hard to get a gauge on how some of these people think because they don't often let you know. I mean, and, I, and again, I just think there's just there's a lot of negative people out there. Uh, and, and that part about boredom, and, and I'm going to tell you something else, too. That part about boredom is really true. Remember when you were a kid and you used to pick up the phone and make prank phone calls when you didn't have anything to do? Might have been on the weekend or spring or summer vacation and you'd pick up the phone and make prank phone calls. Why did you do it? Well, you did it because you were bored and you didn't have anything else to do. So you would pick up the phone and start playing around on the phone. So when they say boredom, I believe that that's a lot of it, too. Like trolling is kind of like the new prank phone call. Particularly when you're talking about a younger generation, because a lot of times you don't even know the age of some of these people who are out here trolling. So if you want to check out this article, it's on The Guardian, and it gets into a whole thing about internet trolling, which is very common now, and it seems to be getting, it seems to be getting more and more popular. And one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about this was because Facebook was talking about adding a dislike button. So you know there are going to be a lot of people on Facebook hitting the dislike button just because. Just because they can. So anyway, let's move on. All right, we're going to play a rare one. This next track came out probably about 20 years ago, and it's by R. Kelly. It's called the Your Body's Calling Remix, His and Hers Remix. But this one is taken from the single. Anybody remembers that might have had that? It had like the interlude, and then it had like the actual track. So we're going to play that full thing. 
Uh, we, we do have that, right? Or is it just the one track? It is the full. Okay, that's what I thought. So we're going to play the full thing. Aliyah's on this as well. So let's get into it. It's Your Body's Calling, His and Hers Remix. Right here on the Grown Folk Podcast. Your body's calling. This day, lover, I will be right here. So have no fear. Your body's calling. This day, lover, I will be right here. So Jazz of fame, you Ooh. Since your body's calling me 
SWV Use Your Heart Now that's a track that I haven't heard in a while Now I don't know how many people remember the track we played before the SWV track That was by a group called Something for the People And that was a track with you Now that song Years ago when they were playing that song on the radio I used to make the And I don't know how many people did this I used to make these mixtapes from songs on the radio. You know how you used to have cassettes and you would listen to the radio and a song that you wanted would come on and you would record it? Well, I used to do that a lot back in the day. That was one of the songs I had on the tape. I had I had quite a few songs that were out around that time, and that was one of them. Now, the tape eventually broke, and sometime later I tried to recreate that same mixtape, and I can remember every song on that tape except for that track right there. And I knew the song. I didn't know who sang it, Because a lot of times they would not say, which makes no sense to me, by the way. A lot of times the radio DJs would play these songs, but they don't say who sings it. That's one of the reasons we always try to identify the songs that we play. So when I went to recreate the tape, I couldn't remember the name of the artist, and I could barely remember the name of the song. Now, that song came out some 20 years ago, and I couldn't remember the lyrics. I couldn't remember the name of the group, and I didn't know the name of the title or nothing. The only part of that song I remember was, Last Time I Saw Sunshine, It Was With You. And I remember him saying something about player, player in the song. That's all I remembered about the song. And I remember calling the radio station asking the DJ. And he couldn't, he had no idea what the song was that I was talking about. I would go to the internet and I would even go back to the billboard charts of all the R&B songs that were hot around that 95, 96 era. And I just could not figure out what the hell that song was. And probably one of the reasons why is because it wasn't really a big hit. So I'm just looking. Then eventually I started saying, maybe I just imagined that that song exists, but... How I found it, and this is what I mean about Google, how I found it a month ago, the idea came to go to Google and type in, last time I saw sunshine, it was with you. And I said, that's a long shot. And I'll probably never figure it out. But I went to Google and typed it in, and right away, it came up. And there were some, and there were other people asking the same questions. They said, "What is the name of the song that has the lyrics?" Last time I saw sunshine is with, was with you. And of course, you know somebody always has the answer to these questions. So that's how I found the song basically by just typing in that. T- and I've been looking for that song for almost twenty years. <laughs> Could never figure out what the hell was named. And I haven't heard it on the radio since. As a matter of fact, that's the first time I heard that song since that tape broke almost twenty years ago. So. Now, I'm not saying they haven't played it, but I haven't heard it. And even when I go to Wikipedia, there's not a lot about them. The group was founded in 1990. They were from Oakland, California. They wrote songs for En Vogue, Brandy, Sam- remember Samuel? Wrote songs for Samuel, UNV, and they released their debut album in 1996, which that's where their song is from. This time it's personal. Spawned a major hit in U.S. and Canada. My Love is the Sh... Now, I don't remember that song at all. But it said it was a major hit. And maybe if I hear it, I would know what it is. I'll have to look it up and see. And we don't have it because we just now got that song. And how we got the song, by the way, is like when I figured it out. And Sadano, because Sadano's himself, I've been on a mission trying to figure out the song. And he couldn't figure out what it was either. So when I finally figured out what it was, I put in the call of Silent. He said, oh, man, I got that somewhere around here. And he looked and sure enough, he found it and put it in the hard drive. But that's how we got it. And see, he had the song the whole time and didn't know. But yeah, but it says... uh, my, so my love is so we had to figure out what that is and I bet you I know the song if it was a big hit back in the 90s I'm sure I know it but instead the group went on to be songwriters pinning tracks for Will Smith and Adina Howard and that's basically it for them 
They didn't have a whole lot of success. The biggest song they had, again, as I said, My Love is the Shh. Uh, and even that track that we just played with you, that was a vi- that song only reached number 34 on the R&B charts and number 98 on the Billboard charts. That's probably why I couldn't find it when I was looking for it. And it says one of the members, one of the founding members, Jeff Fuzzy Young, died on March 4th, 2011 from an apparent heart attack. So one of the members passed on. But that's who that was. It was something for the people. And I know nobody out there probably even remember that song except for a few of us, but there it is. I just remember, again, it was on that mixtape, and it wasn't even one of the better songs on that tape that I had, but I just remember it being on there, and I just could not figure out what the hell the name of that song was. So that's that. All right, now, this next track, I don't know how many people might even know this. I'm sure there's probably nobody listening that might even know what we're going to play next. Um, The group Belle Biv DeVoe, their second album, Hootie Mac, which didn't do well at all I mean it was nowhere near on the level of the success of their first album Poison and even their uh, remix album that came out after that then they dropped their second album and it was kind of like eh but this song that we're going to play is called The Situation and it's from and again it's from their second album and the song was never a single there was never a video out for it it just it's just one of those tracks on the album that you probably never would hear until somebody played it for you so here it is right now in the Grown Folk Podcast it's called The Situation by Bell Biv DeVoe. Should've never wrote been back Woke up a year later I saw you again This time I see you brought a little friend I haven't seen you for a while And now you say you have my chance Even though it's been a year Cause I still want to ask you Girl I want 
comes in to hat pops Pushed in the bush comes a big fat nut Honey didn't tell me that the torch was lit I had the fever running through my body Three days later had to tell my hottie Her love for me, I will surely miss I took two to the booty so I won't be dick I haven't seen yes. you for a while It's time you say you have my time
about that time that I hit you for some bump and grind. I'm in the mood for you. I wanna feel your groove, girl. You can creep on with me. Let's go get up on the room. Making me do things that I never did before. Behind closed doors, I'm gonna make you shout for more. This freaky thing is on, body bumping all night long. No doubt about it. If you want it, I can bring it on the bump today. It's a reality 
I didn't treat her like she wanted to be treated And I hope that she's not alone Feels like I just broke right out of bed Feel like I just walked out of heaven, baby You feel and like I love came somebody And I feel like I came somebody by Jagged Edge. And before Jagged Edge, we heard Public Announcement Body Bumping. Remember that track? Public Announcement. I didn't realize that that was a big track for them until some years later after it came out. Like, it was big here in Chicago because, because they were here from Chicago. And everybody remembers when they started out with R. Kelly. R. Kelly and the Public Announcement. And I've talked about that before on this podcast about I never really knew what the relationship was with R. Kelly and Public Announcement and why his first album, the artist title is R. Kelly featuring Public Announcement. But then every album after that, it was just like R. Kelly. So I was like, well, what happened to that group that he was with? So I don't really know what their affiliation was with him. And I've said this before, like, I don't know when you think about those songs that R. Kelly did off of that first album, like the Honey Love and Slow Dance. Like, like, I don't know if you think about Public Announcement when you hear those songs. You think R. Kelly. You don't think R. Kelly in public announcement. And I don't know. And have you heard him even say anything about... I don't think I've ever even heard him say anything about public announcement. Yeah, so that's a mystery to me. And I maybe one day, like the Something for the People track, maybe one day that's a mystery I'll figure out. But again, I really don't know what his deal was with them. Now, earlier in the year, when we recorded our podcast... The first one that came out this year. We happened to go over the crime statistics for the year 2014. And we also talked about the concealed and carry law that came into effect in Illinois in the year 2014 as well. And if you remember on that podcast, one of the things that came out was that homicides had dropped by 3% in the year 2014 here in Chicago. 
but shootings were up by 14%, or it might have been 15, 14 or 15% shootings had gone up. So what you had last year was you had a lot of people that were getting shot, but they just weren't dying. But on that podcast, I talked about how McCarthy had jumped up and he was saying, well, we're still better than we were the year before and we're really going to keep pushing harder and fight the gun violence and all this kind of stuff that he was talking about over this 3% drop in homicides. And then you also had the gun advocates who were pushing for concealing carry here in Illinois. They, too, were pointing to the numbers. They were saying since Illinois' concealing carry law came into effect, Chicago homicides dropped and it was the lowest they've seen in years. And because of that, we need more guns because apparently concealing carry works because look at the numbers in Chicago. Homicides are dropped. Crime has gone down. This was all at the end of 2014, December going into January, that all this stuff was going on. Well, a lot has happened here in this city between then and now. I go to work every day and there's always a paper line around. Usually the Chicago Sun-Times, every now and then you'll see a Tribune. And there is, there's always a paper line around. And usually during my downtime, I'll pick up the paper and start reading it. A lot of times I'm looking for stuff to talk about on this podcast. And other times I'm just looking just to see what's going on. What, what I noticed what was happening, particularly the month of September, I would pick up the paper and day after day there were articles upon articles about people getting shot during the month of September. Man charged in shooting that killed one, wounded two. Sean Black, 26, faces one count of first-degree murder and two counts each of attempted murder and aggravated battery. Ten-year-old girl among three shot on Sunday afternoon. A ten-year-old girl and two other people were wounded in a Woodlawn neighborhood shooting Sunday afternoon on the south side. Thirteen-year-old boy injured in shooting. A thirteen-year-old was hit by gunfire and two other boys were hurt by shattered glass in a Morgan Park neighborhood shooting early Sunday on the far south side. Former player on Bogan City Hoops Champ shot to death. Former Bogan basketball player Deontay D. Harris, 18, was fatally shot Sunday morning in the Auburn Gresham neighborhood on the south side, Chicago police said. Harris was shot in the face and thigh in the 8400 block of South Hermitage at 1035 a.m. Now, and this is all for the month of September. Another one. Tragic shooting wounds 11-month-old boy kills mother and grandmother. The shooting happened around 7.30 p.m. near the intersection of 53rd and Aberdeen. A gunman in a vehicle opened fire on a group as they were exiting the car after a family outing and entered their house. Persia Chu was carrying groceries into the house when she heard seven gunshots. She ran outside to see her 24-year-old pregnant sister Patricia Chu and Patricia's 11-month-old son Princeton Chu shot and lying on the ground. The boy's grandmother, Lita Wells, 47 was killed alongside her daughter Patricia Chu. Two 25-year-old men were wounded and taken to Mount Sinai where their conditions were stabilized. Wow. And it doesn't stop there. At least 50 people were shot in Chicago for the second weekend in a row. It was another violent weekend in Chicago with more than 50 people shot for the second weekend in a row. Four men were killed and at least 53 were wounded between Friday evening and early Monday morning, according to the Tribune. Last weekend, nine people were killed, and at least 45 were wounded by gunfire. On Sunday alone, three men 
were killed and at least 26 were shot in neighborhoods ranging from Lawndale to Pilsen to Longwood Manor. You go back to the beginning of the month, Labor Day weekend gun violence leaves 8 dead and 46 wounded. The bloody stretch of the long holiday weekend was between Friday afternoon and early Saturday morning when 19 people were shot. And it goes on and on and on for the month of September. On and on and on. And it just makes no sense. Now, the Tribune has a piece. Chicago's violence in September was especially brutal. Now, this came out on October 2nd. A violent September in Chicago ended with more homicides than any other month this year and the second most shootings according to the data kept by Chicago Tribune's breaking news desk. And then they have some numbers and they compare the shootings this year versus the shootings all the way back to 2012. In September 2012, there were 178 people that got shot. In September 2013, there were 216 people. September 2014, there were 228 And then you get to this month, September 2015, 351. This year is shaping, and then they go on, this year is shaping up to be the worst yet. At first, gun violence was near or below previous years, but since the middle of May 2015 has outpaced all other years in Tribune records. Through the end of September, shootings have risen about 18% from last year. And these numbers are based on preliminary Chicago police data. And then here's what I was talking about at the top of the podcast about the number of shooting victims in Chicago for this year. And as of October, between January 1st and October 11th, there were 2,399 shooting victims. Now, that was all for the month of September. Now, October was relatively quiet for this city in terms of gun violence. I mean, there were some shootings, but nothing really... But nothing as disturbing as the stories we just read. But then you move into November. Chicago police are investigating whether a nine-year-old boy shot repeatedly at close range and killed was lured and targeted as part of a series of retaliatory gang killings. So basically what they're saying is that there was a nine-year-old boy that was executed in cold blood as a retaliation plot. It says Tashan was shot in the alley in the 800 block of South Damon at 4.15 p.m. Monday. He was pronounced dead on the scene at 4.39 p.m. Wow. We've been doing this podcast for three years and we're going into our fourth year starting in 2016. And these are going to be some of the most disturbing stories that I've ever read on this podcast. And we've had some rough ones, but these have got to be the most troubling. There was a series of things that happened that led up to this kid getting gunned down. And they stem all the way back to about October 13th. When you had a guy named Tracy Morgan was killed and his mother was wounded. They were shot in West Chatham. On October 18th, police say a rival 20-year-old gang member was wounded. And 19-year-old Brianna Jenkins was killed when they were shot in Auburn Gresham. A source says Tyshawn Lee was a relative in the same gang as a 20-year-old, and Lee may have been targeted in retaliation for Morgan's killing. So there was, a, there was a series of events that led up to this kid getting killed. So what the police are trying to do now, they're on a mission to try to find out, one, who killed this nine-year-old boy, and two, how do we stop somebody else from getting executed? Because maybe there would be another kid involved. 
So this is the kind of stuff that we have going on now. And then if that wasn't enough, if all this stuff that I just said wasn't enough, you had a 20 year old woman On the same day that this nine-year-old got gunned down, two hours later, they gunned down a 20-year-old woman, Kaylin Pryor. She was a student who had just won her first modeling deal. And she's a very pretty young lady. She has a very pretty smile. And she was on the way to becoming something and making something out of her life. She goes to visit her grandmother and on the way back home, doesn't even live in the neighborhood. She stays out in the, stays out in the, in the suburbs. So she's on the way back home. She's standing at the bus stop. And according to the story, she was standing next to a 15-year-old boy and somebody drives up and they open fire. She gets killed, the 15-year-old boy gets wounded. Now, the police are saying they think that the 15-year-old may have been the intended target, but they don't know for sure. But she was just on the way home. And when I read that story, it stayed with me all day. You had a nine-year-old. You had all these stories that I just read in the month of September. The pregnant woman. You know, and I don't know what's going on. And now you get... And you got Spike Lee running around with this Chirac movie, this nonsense that he's got going on. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. And here's the thing, too. This is not something that's just exclusive to Chicago now. There's an article in the New York Times that came out in August of this year. Murders rising sharply in many U.S. cities, which is kind of what I figured. In all these cities, Milwaukee, St. Louis, Baltimore, Washington, New Orleans, Kansas City, Dallas, New York, Philadelphia, all these cities are seeing rise in the murder rates. Every last one up. For example, okay, last year in Milwaukee, 2014, there were 59 homicides recorded. In August of 2015, they're sitting at 104. Baltimore, last year, they were sitting at 138. August 2015, they're sitting at 215. New Orleans, last year, 98 people were murdered. This year, in 2015, they're sitting at 120. August 2015. Now, out of all these cities, Chicago has the most people that are murdered through gun violence. Because last year we were sitting at 244. In August 2015, this year we're sitting at 294. There are a number of theories that they're throwing around, but nobody seems to know why murders are rising. Now, the commander of the St. Louis Police Department says a lot of the killings have grown out of arguments over girlfriends, food, and even characters on a TV show most remarkable is that individuals get upset over things that I or others might consider petty but resort to such levels of violence he said okay now are you telling me that we're in a place where somebody's gonna shoot at you over a character on a TV show I mean who does that I wouldn't would you shooting over food I wouldn't would you and you wonder how these people sleep at night man I, I mean I, I just don't get it and at the end of the day, ultimately, these guys that are pulling the triggers, they have to be held accountable. They know what they're doing is wrong. And you know they know what they're doing is wrong because the moment they start pulling the trigger and shooting people, what's the first thing they do? They run. They run because they don't want to get caught because they know what they're doing is wrong. And then if you're going to shoot somebody and you miss the target and you wind up hitting somebody's mother or grandmother, then at least be mad enough to turn yourself in. But no, of course not. But nobody wants to do that. Nobody cares until it's somebody in their family. So this is just sad. It really is. Keep it, keep on.
mercy, mercy me All things ain't what they used to be now Where did all the blue skies go? Poison is the wind that blows From the north and south and east Oh, mercy, mercy me All things ain't what they used to be Oil wasted on the oceans And upon our seas Fish full of mercury careful playing this Marvin Gaye man I don't want to get sued by the family because they're running around kind of suing everybody over his music um so we probably shouldn't even have been playing that I mean not like they're sitting around listening to the grown folk podcast anyway but still uh before Marvin Gaye we heard sounds of blackness be optimistic that song came out in 91 I don't know that it was all that big of a hit it did pretty well on the R&B charts but I don't know how big it might have been on the Billboard charts. You know, it's hard for gospel songs to chart on Billboard anyway. So, well, I guess unless you're Mary Mary or Kirk Franklin, because <laughs> they seem to do pretty well. But but that's what that was, Sounds of Blackness. We've been kind of all over the map today musically. I mean, so it's just one of those podcasts. We've been just everywhere. Yeah, Love Will Find a Way by Lionel Richie. I got to talk about the story that came out a few days ago. Now, by the time you guys hear this podcast, the story would would be old news. But it's a story about a guy named John Henson. Now, John Henson is an NBA basketball player. 
Now, if you don't follow the NBA, you would have no idea who this guy is. And even I imagine if you ask casual NBA fans, they probably never heard of him because he's not one of the more common players in the NBA. He's only been in the league probably about maybe four or five years at the most. And he also plays for a small market team, that team being the Milwaukee Bucks. And even if you watch like ESPN or any of these channels, they probably never mentioned his name before. So, so I'm saying that to say that he's not like he's not a household name. Like if I get up here and say LeBron James or Kobe Bryant or Scottie Pippen or Shaquille O'Neal or Charles Barkley, like you would know who these people are. But if you say John Henson, most people would, unless you really follow the NBA, most people wouldn't know who he is. So he found himself in kind of an odd situation where he wound up going to a jewelry store out in Milwaukee. Now, the name of the store, and this, it's a funny name. What is it? Swanky, Swanky Kasten Jewelers? S-C-H-W-A-N-K-E. Kasten, K-A-S-T-E-N. And the fact that I can't pronounce it tells you that I haven't, I've never been in a high-end store. He was going to go to this jeweler up in Milwaukee to buy his first Rolex. And he wound up just being in just the most bizarre situation. And by the way, I said Milwaukee, but it's Whitefish Bay. Whitefish Bay is a county close to Milwaukee. So let me make sure I clarify that. So so this is how the story went down. Now, the 911 tapes that were placed to the police when this whole thing happened were eventually released. This is how the story goes. Store employee. We just had a couple of suspicious phone calls lately at this store, and we were just wondering for the next hour if one of the Whitefish Bay cops could come park in front of the store until we close. 911 operator, what were the phone calls about? Employee, they were just asking about what time they were going to close. They just didn't sound like they were legitimate customers. Okay, so right then and there we got a problem. They just didn't sound like legitimate customers. So basically that's cold word for... It sounded black. That's really what that's cold word for, right? Because, lady, what does a legitimate customer sound like? <laughs> right? So, so it says, in response, in response, the store closed early that day. When Henson came by with friends, the doors were already locked. So, basically, they closed early because they were concerned about somebody coming in and robbing them. Now, when John Henson pulls up to the... And I got to be careful. I don't want to call him Jim Henson because I keep wanting to say that. But it's John Henson. When John Henson pulled up to the store, he got out in an SUV, he and three of his friends. Now, what John Henson didn't know was that there was an unmarked squad car not too far that ran his plates. And the plates went back to the dealership. So when they called the manager of the dealership, they couldn't determine who the car belonged to. Now, part of his contract is he gets a vehicle from the local dealer. So it's not like a car that he went out and purchased. The car was given to him. So that's why the dealership couldn't figure out who the car belonged to. So they got back in the car and they left. They said he came back to the store on Monday. Store employee. The officer told us that they came back. We're supposed to call again. They're at our front door now and we're not letting them in. I am hiding in the office. I don't want them to see me out there. We're pretending like we're <laughs> we're pretending like we're closed. They're looking in the window and they're just pacing back and forth. I don't feel comfortable letting them in. I just really don't at all. So the police come by and they check the guys out and they figure out that the guys that the lady is scared of is John Henson, who plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. The guy's like seven foot tall. What, what, what is he? Let me see. He's he's six six foot eleven. So to uh, 
to us average height people, that's seven feet tall. So, and so you look at the guy, and I mean, he's a tall guy, right? So when the police figured out that the guy was John Henson, he told the store owners to open up and let the guy in. Like he's not a threat. Let the guy in. So 911 operator calls the people back at the store. I have officers there asking you to come to the front door if you would please. Now the employee goes, why? I don't feel like it. Why do I have to come to the front door? Can the officer come to the back? I'm not coming to the front door. So, so now here's this lady talking to the 911 operator. Clearly this woman is terrified about something because at this point if the police are asking you to come to the front door, what are you afraid of at this point? So the police officers got the woman to open the door. Now, here's the part that makes no sense to me. Employees request that the officer stay. The police officers are telling you the guy is fine. He plays basketball for the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, like I said, you can look at the guy and tell he's like seven feet tall. So basketball players as a rule are usually pretty tall. So, I mean, I mean, the officer's telling you that. So what is the problem? So she asked the officer to stay and the officer says, an officer says, basically, lady, I'm not staying in the store while this guy shops. <laughs> you know, so that's, it says, the officer says, I refuse to stay in the store while he shops. So basically, lady, I'm not staying here. There's no reason for me to stay here. This guy's fine. He makes, the guy, John Henson makes $2.9 million a year. That's more money than this lady will probably ever see in her lifetime. So all this stuff went down and it just says, well, Henson left the store shortly after. So it never said if he got his Rolex or not. Now, here's what I don't get. And I don't know anything about jewelry stores or what the policies are. If this lady is this terrified of getting robbed, why don't they have an armed security guard there? The few jewelry stores that I've been in throughout my lifetime, and it hasn't been many, I don't ever remember seeing a security guard. I mean, you're talking about stores that have at least a million dollars worth of merchandise just sitting around. And I'm talking about the more high-end jewelry stores. And you walk in there and there's no security guard. And I never really did understand that. Now, you go to the bank. You can walk to the bank. There's armed security guards. But when you walk into a jewelry store, they don't have any security guards. And then you think about how many movies have you seen or how many cop shows or reality show. All these shows that deal with crooks, old detective shows and all this stuff. What are the two major targets? Banks and jewelry stores. But you walk into a jewelry store and there's like no security. So I never really did understand that. At least all the ones I've been in. And maybe that's changing. I don't know. And here's the thing, too, about this woman. Somebody needs to tell her, you know, all your customers are not going to look like they're fresh off of Wall Street. And they're not all going to be wearing suit and ties. They're not all going to be speaking perfect diction. And I get that in the business that she's in, she's probably a little bit on edge. I mean, she's in a jewelry store with probably, like I said earlier, at least a million dollars worth of merchandise. So chances are she's on edge and anybody that comes in, she's probably looking at them funny, anybody that calls. And it's obvious that's the way she conducts herself because that's how this whole incident went down. Anybody that calls that she doesn't feel comfortable with, she's calling the police. Maybe she's in the wrong line of work unless there's some kind of underlying thing going on with this woman that we don't know about and her perceptions of different races of people. I mean, I don't know. And obviously that's playing somewhat of a part of it because you're telling me that if the police are here and you're still saying, well, I don't feel comfortable, then I mean, to me, that suggests there's something else going on. She, so again, she's probably in the wrong line of work and stereotyping people can get you in trouble, particularly when you're running any kind of business, because now what happens is you have all this bad publicity coming your way. But I don't know, maybe John Henson, I mean, he's part of that internet generation. Maybe he just needs to go shop online for his jewelry. I don't know, but, but so let's move on.
your head, you think you're mad, too unstable Kicking in chairs and knocking down tables in a restaurant In a West End town, call the police, there's a madman around Running down, underground, to a dive bar In a West End town In a West End town, a dead end world The East End boys and West End girls In a West End town, a dead end world The East End boys and West End girls
about that record now that was Renee and Angela but you only hear Angela Wimbush singing on that record that song kind of added to a lot of the tension that had been building between the two of them now I don't know how many people saw the unsung about Angela Wimbush and she was talking about that song now what they used to do is they would record demos with her voice singing lead on demos pass them to the record company let the record company hear them and then the ones that the record company would like they would take back and re-record them and both of them would sing lead well they turned that song into the record company the smile record and the record company told them we just want you to sing on a record we don't want renee on there because we like the way it sounds with you singing the lead vocals so naturally if you're renee and angela there's there's two people, so two people should be singing on the record. And if you're one of the people in the group and they tell you don't, you can't sing on the record, naturally, you're going to have a little problem with that. So, But that record added friction to a situation that was kind of boiling over between the two of them anyway. So every time I hear that song, I always think about that story. But that is an incredible record. And I don't know how many people even know that one. We kind of been all over the map today, but we just took it and just threw it in because I hadn't heard it in a while. And I figure maybe, maybe somebody out there knows it. But So if you don't like it, you can always just skip it, I guess. So anyway, Pet Shop Boys, West End Girls. Um, 
that song was inspired by the up and coming hip hop scene, by the way. And, you know, I was talking about being on the 80s kick at the top of the podcast. And that song, and we've actually played that song before. We played that on our 80s podcast, but I just wanted to throw it in. Because again, as I said, I've been on this like crazy 80s kick and I just wanted to throw that in there. Because that song came out some 30 years ago. So, I mean, I don't even know if anybody, you even have anybody that would even know, that would even know what that track was or anything about it. But, you know, if you're a music lover, you can appreciate it. We also heard Johnny Gill, Still Waiting. That was from the New Jack City soundtrack. And I haven't heard that song in a while now. Man, that sounded good. I have to play that again, man. <laughs> man. So that's what that was from. We're up here streaming this Trap Soul album by Bryson Tiller, and I gotta say, it doesn't sound half bad. And that's strictly judging it by today's music standards. It doesn't sound that bad, though. And I've only and I've only heard the first. What do we only we only play what the first maybe three to four songs, but uh, it doesn't sound bad at all. So it's definitely going to be something I'm going to look into. Which also brings up something else. I'm kind of curious about how are people getting their music nowadays. I mean, we talked on this podcast before about going to going to the record store. I mean, back in the day, that's how we used to always get our music. We would go to the radio, we hear a song we like, and then we go to the record store and buy it. Record it off the radios I was talking about earlier. Or we would get it from one, one of our friends and make a copy. I wonder how people are really getting their music now. Now I, now, I read an article saying that streaming is kind of the way... Like, most people now are kind of streaming music. Even myself, there's been a few albums that have come out that have been really good that I streamed on my streaming service, but I didn't I didn't actually go out and buy the album. And it was my intent to get around to doing it, but I just never did. Because walking into a store and buying a CD, well, it's kind of hard to find those now. And I'm not a big fan of, even though I do buy music off of iTunes, I'm just not a big fan of that. I'm still kind of old school. You know, I'm still in that generation of like, we have to have something in our hands. You know, the CD cover, artwork, album credits you know I'm still of that era but I don't know it's just something I was thinking about and maybe that'll be something we'll look into on the next podcast and our thoughts and prayers are with the people of Paris and these Paris attacks that have just happened recently and you know and I don't know man and I wonder if I'll ever within my lifetime see people can learn how to whatever issues they're having they can figure out alternative ways to get their points across without killing innocent people like, what does killing all these innocent people solve? Like, whatever your agenda is, like, are you going to achieve it by bombing people in a restaurant? Innocent people going to eat? This young lady that we just read about earlier in the podcast, Kaylin Pryor. Like, what is killing her going to solve? So I just don't get it. I mean, I really don't get it. There's some real issues going on out here, man. And it just makes those things that we complain about on a day-to-day basis seem very, very petty. So, I don't know. It's just a lot of crazy stuff going on. Well, despite all of this stuff, the holiday season is coming up. So, we hope everybody has a safe, productive holiday. If you got time off, enjoy your time off. Get family coming in. Enjoy your relatives. And just take and just appreciate the the little things you have, because a lot of times we take it for granted. Family members, friends, whatever it may be. When we come to the end of podcast nineteen, we want to thank everybody for clicking or downloading or doing whatever you do. 
And I don't know when our next podcast is coming out. We might not have one come out till January. Normally, I would like to finish off the end of the year with one, but I don't think we're going to get a chance to record one until then. And that sounds like a long time from now, but it's really only like a couple months, which is about when we put these out. We usually put one out every couple months. So two months from now would be January. We've been having kind of a hard time getting these recorded because what happens is the space that we're using has been really booked up and it's pretty booked up all the way until at least late winter and no telling what's going to happen after that. So we've been kind of having a hard time getting up here recording. So that's another reason why it's going to, that's another reason why I said we probably won't get a chance to do another one until January. Now, if there's an opening and we can get up here and record, fine. But usually the problem is a lot of times when there's an opening, either I can't get free or silent can't get free. So it's, so it's kind of a, we've been having like a scheduling conflict, basically. Which, by the way, that'll be our 20th podcast. And we'll actually be working on our fourth year, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Would that be our fourth? Yeah, that'll be our fourth year. Starting January. So, it'll be our 20th podcast and we'll be working on starting our fourth year. And the show still hasn't gotten any better, so. But we want everybody to be safe. Um, And as I say at the end of every podcast, if you go somewhere and the vibe don't feel right, leave. Don't stick around. Don't second guess. Trust your first instincts. Trust your first mind. That's what you have it for. But with all that being said, I am either Music Man. And for the silent DJ, this has been the Grown Folk Podcast, episode 19. And we are out. Out.